Hi guys, welcome to the sixth episode of Sova Podcast on Photography. And today we have Grace Eku. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay, so this is like the first time I'll be doing the introduction with, you know, my guests with me. Yeah, with my guests like present in the room. Um, I'm practically reading her bio, guys. So don't, don't, don't judge me if I sound like it's scripted because it is. Grace is a published documentary photographer living in Lagos, Nigeria, and a senior journalist with the BBC. She holds a Master of Science degree in Media Management from the University of Glasgow, United Kingdom, and a Bachelor of Arts degree in Mass Communication from Babcock University, Nigeria. Oh, God, great Babcock. Oh, I'm advertising my school. <laughs> <laughs> And she's a passionate visual storyteller. She's constantly seeking various avenues to tell the African story from the African perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Grace Echo. And after the click, we'll go on with the podcast. So, um, you just listened to my intro about Grace, but like, guys, that is not everything about this wonderful woman. Um... I shall know that she's good, Sha. That, like, to me, oh, I shall know that she's one of these dope, dope media people that we used to look up to, like, oh, when I grow up, when I eventually blow in life, I'm going to be like this. Yeah, not serious. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, but there's something I, I did not mention. So Grace was telling me earlier, like, she's actually very intentional about um, advocating for Africans telling their own stories, right, mm-hmm. Grace? Yeah. And she also lets that reflect in her work. And I mean, her life's work so far, especially on such a platform like BBC, has represented that very much. Because for someone like me, on the outside, I'm just saying, like, a random person on the outside would see BBC and be like, oh, look at all these guys reporting our stories. But in the past few years, though, you know, it has been very. Um, relatable it, mm-hmm. it sounds like something we are giving people a chance we, we give them the mic and then they are telling their stories by themselves exactly and the reporters don't have all these um narratives behind it or you know voiceover giving a whole new narrative to the actual story so yeah i think i i can already see that reflecting in your work but how's it been how's it been so far in like your my journey, journey. <laughs> <laughs> so she has a thing with the word journey because she said it is deep but i thought i would be going there so tell me about your journey you know into um photography and i mean pretty much it seems like you, you you're one of the few who had it figured out obisomto said um he studied banking and finance but he picked up the camera while in school however you studied mass communication so how did you know so early okay um you know studying mass communication like gave me an insight into um visual like storytelling obviously as a journalist you know but my love for the camera um i think i had a stint with um photojournalism in school like one semester where we used an slr to take pictures mm-hmm. but you know i always loved to use um photoshop or some other like app on my phone to like you know edit images and yeah. that was like way back in in uni so i knew that i would definitely like i love like taking pictures and making them look good mm-hmm. but then the real storytelling you know didn't come until later um 
I've always owned like I have one of my first point and shoot cameras here. Yeah, yeah, right behind. It's a you. Kodak. <laughs> <laughs> I took that to Kaduna while serving. Yeah. Took some pictures. Um, yeah, it just the the real journey, you know, in, in storytelling didn't come until like 2012, 2013, when you know I was more intentional with my work, like you know, interacting with people, and you know, taking pictures and you know, knowing fully well that this is really what I want to do, yeah. that I, I really, I feel very ha- happy. It's like a different kind of high when mm. I'm out there, like, you know, meeting people, taking pictures, because I'm, you know, naturally very introverted. Mm. So when I go out, it's like yeah. there's some madness that, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that I Because I, I, I was about to say that, like, um how did you figure out like mascom was the course did you stumble on it or was it intentional that that pick for you i want to meet your parents and say what did you guys do differently you know she she went into the path early enough Shockingly. Uh, so like what did you figure out what were the traits you had like yeah um, so as a teenage years or something <laughs> that made you figure it out that early so yeah, uh, before I go to like the traits I had, I'm the only art student in my house, my oh, family. Oh, so okay. I'm the last born and the only person that decided to do art. So yeah. you can see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't have it easy because you know, everybody wanted want someone to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point it was law. At least if you're in art, do something very professional. Yeah. But I I had I think. I mean, I've always, like, in secondary school, loved to take the papers. We buy papers a lot. Oh. Every day we have, like, a vendor knocking with papers. So I read, like, the papers, like, I'm reading the news. Hmm. So, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I, can I come back. That. Yeah. I mean, read the headlines, you know, just, like, yeah, imitating like one of them. Mm-hmm. at that time, you know. You know, mm-hmm. reading out to my family. Yeah. And my father, you know, is a big fan of like listening to the radio. Oh. So I grew up with that as well. Um, leaving my radio on like overnight, two, four, seven, like waking up to the radio. Wow. And um, yeah, so oh. I knew all like, that's what really helped my music taste. And then like shows like old, old OAPs like JAJ, Shala Thompson has really been on the airwaves for a long time. Wow. A lot of cool FM OAPs then Ray power for news. I I always like woke up, you know, to radio and also like that. So I knew that yeah, this this was probably where I you know developed yeah, traits for media, and mm. yeah, I always interned like from hundred level. I always like attach myself to an organization. So when I'm supposed to be chilling at home, I'm like learning. So I just I don't know. It just happened like that that I found myself in the media circle and. Just continued. I will. I. 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 I won't. I will not take that part where you said it just happened like that because what you just said seems like it's very. It has been very very intentional. Yeah. Right. Like there are very few of us who realized you know much earlier. Well, I did, but I did not get it the way I wanted. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you're here. Yeah, but I'm here. You know, so like sometimes the path is just crazy. You go straight or you go up and down or. Yeah, it's always it's always different for for everybody. Um, 
But that's interesting. How how come school didn't like kill it for you? Because I've always felt like, what if I went into school to study that dream course and it killed it for me instead of foiling my passion the more? Was it like, was it very theoretical and boring? Like to go through all the processes, you know, <laughs> writing exams. Did you not did you not kill your flair for media? Ah. Uh. I, I would say school just helps you like um shape up the and understand the profession like mm-hmm. you know the theories you need like to understand ethics mm-hmm. not just you know taking pictures so those are things that you learn in school ethics history which is very important mm-hmm. so I would say like going to school for like to to study media just you know help me understand more of such like things especially in the nigerian um scene Scene. and also understanding the international scene as well and then you know you have to now update yourself with like you know online learn new things and you know figure out why it's so different from our forefathers or like the you know the the veteran journalists and yeah i mean four years is not so bad like to to go to school for. And, and and i'm also even just thinking now like even balancing that school you know experience with after school in between like the break time yeah. you had you yeah. were also on the you're also in practice yeah you know so that that must have done something good for you that's interesting i, I, so. I wish more people would have such a flow i want to ask what um what 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 was your turning point in your journey as a photographer, visual journalist? You know, at what point do you... You said something about 2013. It sounds like an interesting year for you. I don't know <laughs> if it was in particular, but you mentioned it earlier. Um, at, what, at what point did you have um, a very remarkable experience that, you know, got you rooted on this path? Wow. That's a deep question, ah, Benita. I did not, I did not make it deep. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I had a remarkable experience. I think I've like, it was a journey into like different experiences that shaped me to be who I am today. Mm-hmm. So, in my journey as a photographer, I I had it like I had the rough bits, and you know, I wouldn't say there's any turning point but I would, I would say um i mean as a journalist and um, also getting opportunities to um do like some personal work okay. and also be able to do some um impactful work for different organizations okay really helped in me understanding what i really wanted to do you know Mm-hmm. Before it would it would have just been oh taking pictures that are like taking, mm-hmm. you know going to the streets and meeting people you know but as, as time went on I I started becoming intentional about what I wanted to do so mm-hmm. I I won't say for sure I can't remember when that happened but I just discovered that oh I'm on I'm on to something I I I kind of like like this now so I'll just stick to this mm-hmm. you know so. I wouldn't say there was yeah, a very the process, defined... The process yeah. has just been helping you evolve. It's not uh-huh, like... Thinking yeah. about it, like, there was yeah. no defined yeah. moment like yeah. that. I said, mm, this is it. Like, it wasn't that easy. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, that must have taken some level of discipline, like, staying true 
to what you're pursuing, even though it's not, you're not having some climax points or yes, something. You're just exactly. continuing and just being consistent. Cons- exactly. Consistency you know. is the word. Like, yeah. And also knowing uh, what I want and not being like swayed into doing what I wouldn't like to do. Like, and also, like what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. there are some jobs you reject because of the idea behind it. Hmm. You know, so... Yeah, that makes sense. You you sound, hey, don't do that thing. Don't do that thing. Like some journalist people do, they can be very reserved. Like you, you, you just, <laughs> you, you get, she gave me a face, guys. Like she's hiding something. But let me talk about, uh, you know, what I mentioned earlier regarding you being intentional about um, advocating for Africans, telling their own stories, and even letting that reflect in your work mm-hmm. and you know your work ethics in general. Um, what inspired that uh what inspired that um that mindset mindset yeah it's pretty simple you know you have a a lot of like i work with an international media organization and it was obviously a journey for the organization to to determine or decide that africans on the continent should you know be able to tell these stories from their own perspective rather than having like a foreign correspondent. Mm -hmm. So it starts from there really like, because who better to understand these people than people like them, Yeah, you know, who better to understand the culture, who better to understand, you know, the individualism, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of people that, you know, are in a space Mm -hmm. without, you know, having this, oh, this is the narrative that I want to get out of this, this poverty. Yeah. How about we understand who these people are themselves? Can I get to know who this individual is? Mm-hmm. And then maybe in between, or as the story goes, you'd find out how they live, but that shouldn't be, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. So getting to know people like who they are mm-hmm. is, and, and you know, their journey mm-hmm. is very important in shaping the narratives and um, in Africa, I mean, people say Africa like it's one country. Like, it's huge. There's so many stories, so many fantastic stories. We have fantastic people in, on this continent. In Nigeria, we have people be doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Like, two days ago, I met a guy yeah. in Ajegunle who has been, you know, doing this um, feeding um, kids and taking wow. out of school children into his own space and like teaching them. Wow. He's a young guy. He's supposed to be, I mean, having fun with his life, but he's been doing this for years. I didn't even know anything about him wow. until I met him recently. Like we have such people. And what motivated him was because of how, you know, he grew up. Like he almost, um, I think he, he was out of school for some years and then he, he got somebody to sponsor him and he was like, man, I wouldn't want any other kid from this community to experience what I experienced and I find that to be really remarkable you know like so these are stories on the continent that should be told and um, imagine if it was told from you know like a western media perspective or somebody just coming to Ajegunle and saying oh this slum area you know without bringing out these interesting narrative or um, perspective to the story so yeah that's just what um what inspires what drives me you know being able to 
bring out these interesting things. I mean, Africa is not so rosy. I mean, we have we have our issues, but we're not as bad as we are painted. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, in all over the world, people just see Africa as a, you know, nothing good can really come out of Africa, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's someone in an international media space, you know, telling you that. So we have to, you know, fight extra hard to change that narrative. A lot of times we've allowed people to come in onto the continent to drive the narrative. And what you think is really bad here is still the same thing that happens in America and the UK. You have beggars on the streets, Mm -hmm. you have hoods, you have knife crime, you have even worse. Gun violence. Gun violence. You have drugs on the streets. Racism. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, in triple folds. <laughs> and why is, you know, why are we just focusing on Africa being this corruption? We learn corruption from, you know, our guys. <laughs> <laughs> our guys were there. So, yeah. yeah we, we, it's, it's very important that we, you know, change our stories our, and, you know, just make things, make the real, the rich aspect of our culture, of our continent shine through in our storytelling. And maybe we'll be able to address the problems that we have. That's interesting. You know, I've always had this belief that um, some of the issues we face can, can be fixed to a good extent through media and culture like sorry through arts and media mm-hmm. because i think arts and media have the biggest influence on culture exactly. they are basically the shapers of culture you know those are the mediums through which culture is being formed and shaped right mm-hmm. and if we're not intentional about the content we're putting out there whether as artists or as journalists or you know we are basically just we're we're probably propagating the values we want to see our societies filled with. And if we're not intentional about that, if society is shit tomorrow, I'm going to blame it on <laughs> the artists <laughs> of yes, before, yes, yes. Like, um, I have, maybe it's just me, but I really, really would, would advocate that, you know, if you want to see what the next 10 years would be like, you know, what what a society would be like in the next 10 years. Look at what they are listening to today. Look mm-hmm. at the loudest voices, you know, in that society today. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the big, big influences. The voices we amplify. Yeah, the, the voices we're ampli- amplifying today basically are, are shaping our mindset and our mindsets, you know, inform our behavior. And it's a collective behavior that becomes culture. Right. Bam! Ah, <laughs> I'm sounding very deep now. I mean, <laughs> so like, I'm just saying, like, I resonate with what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you, you're coming from even a different angle. Like, even just sharing the light about that society, you know, the goods also. And when when we're talking about the ills of society, it doesn't always have to be painted in such a demonic or demonizing way. way. Yeah, I mean demonizing way. You know, people are still people struggling and having challenges. It's not like they wish a lot of things upon themselves. And they have interesting things about them as well that should be highlighted rather than what they are facing or who they are, you know. Yeah. So that that's like a recent story that um, that you came across, right? 
the one yeah. with the boy from Ajegule. Mm-hmm. What what has been your story of the year so far? <laughs> I beg. Come on, Is come it on. this 2020? <laughs> like, please, that's why it's even more important. Like, I would love to know, as a media person, what has been your story of the year? Because I'm, I'm sure it will not be about Corona or, or COVID-19, <laughs> right? I'm sure it will not be about that. So tell me. The, I'm curious. The year is not over. No, the year is so not over. Someone says my story of the no, year. No, so far. So, so far. far. Come okay, on. so far. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, hmm. I have two stories. Oh, good, good, good. Share. Well, there's there's one about this um, ballet boy oh, in um, Ajangbadi. Mm. It's video, though, but I mean, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Like, I liked, you know, the fact that uh, I... Um, did a video interview with him, got to know, you know, share a story amongst other, you know, amazing people. But also, um, it was one of like the major, um, I wouldn't say it was a major story for my organization because I did a follow up as well. He got scholarships after the story. So it, it was, was very, good. yeah, I felt really good about, you that know, not going to that space and saying, oh, look at, the slum area jang but they're just focusing on what mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm. ballet and and giving the, the guy a spotlight on exactly. an international platform i mean that means a lot i mean he has several now so yes, yes. so i mean it's great like just understanding his journey who he is mm-hmm. speaking to the mom speaking to the coach you know what what they're really about and just getting to know this sweet sweet little boy that wants to you know, dance ballet professionally. Uh, so it was great. Like, I like when my stories create impact mm-hmm. and it's like I leave the, the person in a different way that I met them. That's mm-hmm. what gives me joy. So that's one of the really big ones for me. Mm-hmm. And then another one is about a visually impaired girl. Her name is Cassandra. So I, I pitched a story that I um, eventually filmed about how... Um, Persons living with disabilities, especially students, are coping in the lockdown, especially with learning. Oh. You know, because it, kids are having it hard. Yeah. Now imagine someone living with a disability. Mm. It's basically <laughs> nothing, you know, prepared for them. So I did a video about how she was, you know, coping and using her smartphone um, because she doesn't have a laptop. She has a really old typewriter. Like just, you know, like how old is, is she? She's 19, oh. but, you know, she's in GSS 3 because she had to spend five years at a Pacelli special school wow. after she got blind, I think, five or six. She was sick. So, you know, she's a very sweet, fantastic, and brilliant kid. Like, she was the best in school for the blind in 2017. Wow. And now she's in QC. So it was just amazing getting to know, you know, her as a person she's, mm-hmm. she's also learning craft i got a, fan, a really beautiful bag from her wow <laughs> so people were just so amazed about you know this 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 girl you know doing finding hard to learn but also despite the, the odds yeah by learning crafts so it's got a lot of people like at the moment she's got like some um allowance money from one of the audience members in the US, Jamila. Wow. She sent us some cash. Another of my friends sent us some like woo. I don't know. Like she just sent us some things that she had and for, for her craft. For her craft. Oh, wow. And then <clears throat> 
drum roll. Wow. She, she needed a laptop. Oh and now she has two. Wow. So DHL just like sent me a message like during the week that one will come on Wednesday. Wow. And so she had like people bought her laptop. I had to say no to people. Like we already have laptops. Laptops like, like people wow. were calling me from different. Someone sent me DMs. Another person called me from Germany that I just want to know like just let me know if someone has gotten a laptop yet. Like. It's just things like that, you know, it's just amazing. I went to her craft graduation, you know, took from, com- from like her training school. Yeah, the craft school. Oh, wow. So they, they had a graduation recently. I went there. So it's like that's, I'm already. That's a lot of follow up. Yes. How do you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's that's the level I've found myself in now, like, you know. With the story. It, it's more yeah. than a story now, isn't it? Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a part of the family. <laughs> wow. wow. When, I, when did you start like telling her story? Was, uh, just recently, like what? The story just went out. Um, what? Uh, yeah, this, this August. Oh, wow. This August. That's, and a lot of things have happened since, since, since that then. time. She did her grad. People sent me messages to send her to get her laptop. She, I mean, like, she even messaged me today. Mm-hmm. Talking about how she showed the wool to her teacher, and she said, "Oh, this is not the wool that is for the bag, but they can actually learn." She needs. She wants to now learn how to knit. She's mm-hmm. an amazing kid. Like, she doesn't like impossibilities. Nothing. Like she, she she's that kind of person, That's and I, I really want her want to be in her life because I feel like kids like this, you know, with their challenges and you know, still determined to make it in life are. You know, they should never feel um, d- disadvantaged or, yeah. you know, you, they, they should need support. Have a chance, right? Yes, they yes. They have a chance. Yes. And she's already determined despite, you know, her circumstances. She's brilliant. Wow. So those are the kind of people that you want to, you know. Meet in the, in the journey of storytelling. Yes. <laughs> you know, like when, when people say, oh, I want to tell stories, because it's like, it's like, like a calling for this generation to go out there and tell stories like this there's this mandate mm-hmm. to be sto- to be a storyteller right but many of us get distracted along the way why and there are valid reasons you know we um we start to look for how to get money out of it exactly even when you have content that you think is good enough for platforms like bbc or or I, I don't i almost said nt but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's our national please television don't, authority don't, don't, don't spell it i'm gonna come for me nta ah god you have well it's part of it our nta you know channels <laughs> you have you have uh a work or you have works and you know you're confident enough to deliver for any high-end production, mm-hmm. right? But then you don't get this opportunity. So people uh, tend to just leave from going on the street to going on the streets, interviewing people randomly to say, okay, let me do a wedding, you know, video, and let me do this, and let me do that. Mm-hmm. And once you get into that cycle of making ends meet and earning a livelihood, which is a responsible thing to do, on the other hand, um, we, we kind of miss out on these impactful stories. And I think it's these impactful stories that people really are passionate about but, telling. Yeah. Um, but it would be really nice to find a balance. Uh, I, I think I think you're, you're, like, you're living the dream in a way, hmm. but I'm sure it's not as easy as some of us imagine. 
how has it has it taken a toll on you and how like because from from yeah from the other side is like oh of course she's supported like she works for BBC if I'm sure she must have given her like a car she drives like she has a driver look at her gear everything portage you know her laptop everything standard she's good she she jumps from AC to AC mad <laughs> but you know what what does it what what has it taken from you would you say would you say this journey has made you make like some sacrifices along the way for other pleasures or things you would have liked to do yeah of course i mean coming i mean people who who have that opinion should just take that opinion and trash it somewhere because (laughs) (laughs) this is all me trying to you know like go the extra mile doing my job you know so it's not it has nothing to do with my organization at all i'm not even empowered in my storytelling, most of what I use is my gear mm. that I use my money to buy. Mm-hmm. So it's just me saying, you know what, I'll take some break from my, because I'm, I'm supposed to be a commissioning editor, but I still, because I want to keep my cre- creativity going, that's mm. why I actually do some stories. And then sometimes they like reach out to me, oh, your photos, we're interested in this. Okay, can you do write um, an article or can you take some pictures or I, I pitch it too like mm-hmm. any regular person would pitch yeah. so my desk job is way different from those stories that you see oh, wow. I'm a commissioning editor so I commission people's stories from West Africa so oh, like, sorry, basically like you send people to do the job Sometimes. Yes. Yes. No, so, that is my core job. Oh, that is your people send me what... pitches and then we sit and then you know say, mm-hmm. oh, let's do it this way, let's structure it this way. You're one of those people. So it's very take, boring. They take to Shiloh to pray about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As I'm sending this, the fire. editor in chief, receive me by fire, commission me by anointing. Ah, some people outside Nigeria cannot relate to this, but this is <laughs> this is spiritual. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, Oh, that's interesting. So then you still go out of your way to like exactly tell stuff you need to, you know, keep my creative yeah. juice going, really, because wow. it can be, you know, very boring and desky, mm-hmm. doing all those kind of things. So yeah, it's I'm not empowered in any way. It's just me like doing things once a while, you know, as it comes, as it flows. Mm. So I wouldn't say it's. I mean, I've sacrificed, obviously, because I, I have two jobs, you know, yeah. like it's extra having to edit overnight because I have a nine to five as well mm-hmm. that I can't, um, I can't leave what I do or my meetings. to do. So you have to be professional. <laughs> yeah. Most of those things I have to do are like yeah. at odd hours, like turning it, turning it in at odd hours, um, not having time for myself, you know, staying doing nine to five to eight to six to to ten to midnight you know mm. so i'm not having time for my friends a lot of my friends would know like at this they know that i'm pretty busy mm. which is not like i'm forming busy just that there's just, just so, a, a lot to do mm. so when you want to start something you have to you're not always ready for the what it you know what it does to you like emotionally or as a, an individual you know, so you mm. just have to find a way of balancing it and also remembering that you need time to rest mm-hmm. 
and you need time for yourself as well as you know your passion so mm -hmm. that's that kind of balance i'm still trying to create for myself at the moment because it's, it's not easy it's like back to back to back yeah. you know but yeah it's not it's not easy at all it's not easy like i mentioned you know you don't have time to do other things even catch up on shows you know, <laughs> TV shows like TV shows, TV shows like <laughs> like even music. Oh, music! I know, I'm not listening like to Burner's album. On, you're big on music. I'm yeah? big on music, but I'm not listening to Burner's album. No way, neither mm have -hmm. I. Yeah, but I'm not big on music. Y'all don't come for me. Oh, don't come for me. <laughs> don't come for me. After his song, I go to bed. That's it. Ma. <laughs> I like to be like you when I grow up. Oh yes, lifting holy hands and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so. Um, don't mind me, like, I just prefer, like, cool songs, because the only time I really get to listen to songs, uh, so if I'm going to listen, I want them to be cool and, you know, oh, speak yeah. to me in a way, uh, uh, but, but then I feel like songs like Bonaboy's, songs that are on Bonaboy's album, like, I don't have to go for them, they will come for me, they're on the street, they're in cars, <laughs> yeah, like, do you understand, yeah. they, they come for you, <laughs> the way they push their songs, they come for you, so when I get away and if I'm going to pick, I'm going to go for something that isn't coming for me, something different, but don't something you have, more quiet. like, moods, like, like, I know what you're saying, I have playlists mm -hmm. for stuff like that, mm -hmm. don't you? And because I'm very, very hyper, mm -hmm. like, I'm always working on something or doing something, so if I'm taking a moment to relax or to chill, I don't want hyper at that time. Mm. If hyper is like what you listen to when you're working, working like out. doing chores or well, I don't work. I take walks and mm. walks are supposed to be quiet or something like that. When I'm not yelling at my dogs like to come back to me because they don't have a leash, but that is not part of this conversation. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so when. You know, I'm taking walks like I want it to be cool. Like, I cannot be taking a walk by 7 a.m. in the morning listening to, like, you know, gang, gang, gang. Like, you know, <laughs> I want something cool, something, something I even listen to, like, um, all these affirmations, like, I am, I am beautiful. I am oh, this. Not I am beautiful, but yeah, some deep, deep stuff that will make yeah. you, make you just feel like, okay, positive and, you I, know, take I, charge of your day, that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I try that. I think I get that from Nike Running Club. Like there's a coach Beneth that while you're running like speaks into your ears, oh, wow. telling you to make that call, and then uh, you start thinking of all the people you've offended. <laughs> uh, make that call. <laughs> you don't. You may not. They may not need it. Maybe you're the one that needs it. Oh, ah, wow. some kind of deep stuffs. <laughs> you be like, hey, this guy speaking to it's me. Speaking to me. You know oh, what? Nice. What was the last song you listened? So you may be listening to it right now. Oh, How does it make you feel? Like things like that, you know. But I, I mean, that's it's nice. good for inspiration. That. Yeah, nice. Nike Running Club coach Beneth. Thank you for your, yeah, one of the five K runs or ten K runs. That's he speaks. Good. That's good. So I'm coming to something uh, that I ask. Like I think I've pretty much asked every, everyone that has been on Silver so far. Okay. Maybe except Tolani. Um, but Tolani is not. Just to be honest, now I'm part of it. Nah, what's that? All <laughs> the people, Tolani will hear this now. She will just shout like, "No, I can't." I, let me represent Tolani. Don't hype her. Don't hype her because uh -uh. she's hyping you too. Okay, <laughs> so um, uh, what what's on your mind? Like, if you if you are in a room full of photographers, for instance, like or media, because cause you do way beyond photography. You're well you know, involved in, like, visual 
storytelling, art and visual yeah. storytelling. And you know, that's what Sova is about. It's a school of visual arts. But we're starting with photography. Hopefully, in the near future, we can t- touch on other areas, you know, mm-hmm. of visual arts. Um, yeah, so what, what would you be saying? Like, what's on your mind these days, you know, for photographers? Have you been seeing a trend? Is there something about the year 2020 that has taught you something? Like, oh, I think photographers should do this differently. This is around women. Anything at all, you know. That's on your mind right now. That's these on my days. M- these days. Yeah, regarding like the industry or just photographers in general. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. These days, you know, the conversations going on, you know, around um, representation. No, I don't. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I the don't. Black Lives Matter movements, representation, the media, a lot of organizations. I like trying to fix that up, you know, in terms of like, um, you know, how they see or how black people are making decisions for themselves on the continent. Like I told you earlier, you know, mm-hmm. telling your stories. Yeah. So I think as photographers, it's, it's important now, it's very critical that, you know, we pay attention to these things. You know, it's telling our stories, you know, ourselves and people need to give more opportunity to photographers on the continent so you don't have organizations sending someone from australia to come take pictures of kids in medugury when we have yes that's what i'm saying when you when you have people like etinosa Tom Seta, mm. Benita, Benita, Benita. <laughs> oh God. Grace Eku. Grace Eku. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that should stop. So when I, I'm in a room. But there are actually a lot of amazing visual artists we in have, Nigeria. Like, have, in the yeah. last five years, I've learned about, so, five, four, Benita, don't lie. In the last four years, I've learned about, like, a lot of photographers that I never even knew existed. Mm-hmm. And their works are out there. Like, if it, it would not even take... In this year of Instagram, it would not even take so much for you to find, you know, this visual it's, artist. So, it, what, yes. what is... I, I guess that is why people I, need to push more. I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to come to that push more. And I think we get so humble with our work a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nigerians, don't I, I don't want table. to. Yes, I don't want to put this work out so that they will not say I'm for me. Please put it out. It's mm. important that they see what you're doing because, you know, some people just say um, they don't know how to shoot on the continent. I've heard that before. Mm. A friend of mine said, "Show them more. Make them not say now you film mama, now you edit them. That is, you know, they don't rate us. Mm. So you have to consistently work on yourself and." put your stuff out there because that's the impression that they have. They will bring somebody from the U.S. to come film and tell your stories. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know what that means. The narrative is going to change. Mm-hmm. And you don't get opportunities. You don't get to do stories that you're passionate about. You don't get to make money as well. So people need to be more intentional in you know, using social media a lot mm-hmm. and using their websites, putting what they put in their workouts, you know, um, that's it's very important it's very very important and i'm still you know trying to do that for myself so everybody needs to just put their work up take you know email people send pitches Mm -hmm. learn how to you know i mean obviously there's another wahala of somebody stealing your ideas yeah 
<sighs> what, what can we do, please? Yeah, what can we About do? stealing ideas. Yeah, because, I mean, this, that's what also makes some people just hold back. Yes. I, I've, I've sent pitches this year. I've sent pitches like, ah, say I've not tried. I've sent like five times. Wow. And sometimes the person responds and says, oh, I've sent it to so, so, so. I've sent it to so, 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 but there's nothing. And then the other times someone responds and is like, oh. In fact, someone, like the person will not even respond like at all. You know, would, yeah. so it's it's a bit. You know what it does to you, like when you apply for something and then you, you, you you're you, waiting, and that, you're waiting, that wait. or they don't even they don't even they don't reply, yes. they don't reply. Uh, and then you now hear that if you go down the street and take one wedding picture, you get thirty thousand and it's that that evening. <laughs> you I tell okay? you, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, now this one shoppers. I understand? mean, I mean, um, and maybe I'm speaking this way because I. I'm very much like in the Nigerian setting and I've seen like I've seen I've seen the reality to understand what makes people get desperate. Of course. What makes people get desperate. Like we need to keep it real with ourselves. And that's that's one of the things that inspired Sova, like to really get it from those who are who have had a good number of years of experience in the industry to say, Oh, can you can you guide us? Like those who are just starting out or those who are already in the field, you know, who probably don't even have like the same experiences, experiences that you have had. Like, can you share, you know, what you've done that has worked for you? And some of these things you said now are key. You know, tell your stories, uh, put your work out there. Yeah. At least give it a chance I've, to pitch, right? Yeah, I've yeah. I've taken wedding pictures before, by the way. Ah, uh, of course. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> have, so, like, I understand that you know, mm-hmm. hustle. Like, mm-hmm. you just you obviously need to make money. Yeah. So you're passionate about something doesn't mean you won't make money from it. It won't. It has to feed you as well, mm-hmm. feed your mind, your pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Yeah. So I believe being consistent in and being like knowing the plat the right platforms to put your work and the circle like. So if you're interested in documentary, mm-hmm. follow like documentary photographers. Um, DM them, message them. This is what I... Most of them get a lot of jobs that they can't actually do. Oh, wow. You know, so they would put you in, you know, call you up and say, you know what, do this. this And and that's where you start from, you know. Mm -hmm. I've gotten referrals from amazing photographers here, you know. Don't call them. Let me not call them. So that people will not start calling them. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That that, that one doesn't matter. But I mean, like... Just being in that space, talking to them and saying, "I like I, this is what I love to do." Mm-hmm. Please put me through. If you do have like any, ah, okay, I got you. And yeah. then you send them your website link or your Instagram page. Mm-hmm. This so they see what you do. Or they see what kind of pictures you take, and then they have you in mind. And once they were, hey, how you doing? I'm still here. Or fire pictures, you know, <laughs> like just be in that space. Yeah. All it takes is like one connection, and mm-hmm. then a friend of mine told me also you have to send emails as well. Like mm-hmm. look for these top organizations, ask for who the, um, I mean the photo editor is. Mm-hmm. Introduce yourself. Sometimes it may take a year for them to reply you, or for them to give you the actual job. But once it comes, it has come. It has come. <laughs> <laughs> that is the word. It has come. Yeah. So like being consistent and drive like knowing what you want mm-hmm. and trying to get there yeah you know email multiple people 
message people like be genuine as well not just random like because people can spot people that yeah. are just there to to gain mm-hmm. from afar so obviously even if it's four or five people that uh, you you think could mentor you message them and you know tell them what kind of pictures you would like to take or, or can i come when you're shooting so i can learn and also like also second shoot for you if you have like big gigs i mean i i also helped the colleague recently to do some video you know i second shot for him i wasn't the main person so mm-hmm. everybody still everybody needs that yeah. opportunity yeah. You're, you're not too big for anything you're not too small for anything mm-hmm. so just reaching out to people and letting them know you know like putting yourself out there so yeah. they know what you can do mm-hmm. and then that brings the opportunities that you you desire pretty and much network 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 is networking is important like <sighs> I, I can't <laughs> emphasize <laughs> i can't emphasize, emphasize that you know we like but you know, you know network is a is an overflowed term so, so uh, like what what are you really saying what i mean what what i mean by network is when you meet somebody mm-hmm. and you know that you 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 want to work with them or they are in a position to bring you on some projects you have to have them in your contact and you have to always like talk to them and also just call them once in a while mm-hmm. like keep your contacts live it's not when you need something that you, you call. call no mm-hmm. no no hey how far how you doing but you don't know what anyone is going through so even the person give you giving you opportunities maybe going through something yeah. or is depressed and yeah. you came through for the person at that moment and they're like man this person is not just a photographer but a human thank this, you this that's how it works like i i reached out to somebody and i found out that he almost got kidnapped on one of these abuja like i felt like oh my I god do. that's how i wouldn't even know if they killed this guy i won't even know what happened to him if i didn't message him Wow. And this is somebody that would put me on, like, email and say, oh, is this person that I want? He'd so, be someone who would give you opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So just keeping your contacts live, your networking, is, is going to art events and meeting people. Mm-hmm. I know there, there's always a bougie crowd in art events. <laughs> <laughs> but then just... Please, please, what is that? You're attacking me. I'm bougie. What's that? Oh, I don't like this. But just being in the space, really, <laughs> I think that's that's the best advice I can give anyone. Be in the space. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I relate, like, this is the holy grail of this industry, really. Like, um, you, 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 you don't go so far on your own. Exactly. It's not a solo, solo thing. You might send us emails, you might... But people, people still... People still need that connection. Like, in person, you know... Be genuine. Let let your works even reflect your values or, or 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 style or your message truly. You know, and just know you're not the only one like looking for that opportunity. Mm. So you're not the best person, but if you are the most consistent and the most you know persistent, mm. you probably get the opportunities that you you need. So. Ah. <laughs> I'm crying in my heart. <laughs> I'm crying in my heart. But what you said, like, is deep. It's enter. It's enter me. <laughs> like, it's true. That that part is true. Like, sometimes we're not the best. 
mm-hmm. we're not the best like there might be a lot of other people who, who can do it even better than you but if you do get that privilege or that chance you know represent you know put put your best foot forward and don't stop like continue to be consistent with that mm-hmm. and see where see where it takes you next how okay i think you've already touched on that because i was going to ask how about you um, going for opportunities and not just opportunities, seeking or waiting for opportunities to come to you. And I think that's what you meant by sometimes you need to slide in the DMs or go yeah, to the so mailboxes and craft those mails and send out. And all that. You, you have a website, right? Yes, I and do. And it's functional. Yes. Uh, has Having a web... Please, please, when you talk about this, because this website, people, they take a lot of money. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so has it been helpful to you in any way? Someone was, so, I saw someone asking that question. And as a silver host, I picked it up for that person. That person is going to learn now. That I, website, thing, yeah. seriously. Is it helpful or is it really like a liability? It's, it's having a website is very helpful in terms of if, if you're looking for opportunities like international opportunities mm-hmm. some most people that are you know most of these people that give you like opportunities are not big on instagram they probably have 50 followers true they are not big on instagram they just like maybe see something that you've done and just google you and go to your website to find your contact or your email so like um if you've done one or two stories that's maybe someone stumbled upon and then looks at your the name, maybe it's your name slash UNICEF or your name, you know, slash um, Save Children or something. They search for you. Mm-hmm. Just maybe they like what they saw and they want to see more. more. That's when they go to your website and then they go to contacts and email you directly. Hey, my name is so, so, so. I saw your, I got your email from your website. Uh, I like to discuss this. So, <laughs> Having a website, it may not be like what you imagined it to be. Like, oh, it's it's going to give you, oh, it's going to give you clicks and um, big opportunities. People, your website is going to, you know, mm-hmm. but it helps in terms of people being able to reach you because you don't know where your works may have been, and obviously your number is not beside your name, mm-hmm. so they want to see you and maybe they're not on instagram they're not on twitter they're They're just like the regular social media they're just editors that don't like social media they're just people that don't like social media so and i learned also from someone that you know having a website kind of it may not be like a paid for website it may be like a dot behance or something Mm -hmm. but it kind of shows that you're serious maybe having your profile somewhere apjd um blink having a blink a free blink profile behance yeah just being in that creative space and community like someone could like search for you and find your portfolio like some pictures Mm -hmm. that you could present with a a bit of your bio like um your cv yeah and links to your works if you do have links Mm -hmm. to show um and yeah they just reach out to you and find your email and contact you from there. Not everybody's on Instagram. In fact, 75 or 80 percent of your work will come from Instagram. That makes sense. Actually, yeah. I, that, that one I resonate well with. Yeah. Also, like, I've had very few calls, you know, for gigs from Instagram. 
Yeah. Very, very, very few. Um, yeah, so we're gradually getting to the point where I'm going to like ask you if there's anything yeah. you... <laughs> relax, relax. So if there's anything like you had... If there's anything you had in mind to say, but then you haven't said it yet, like, let it be like, uh, okay, so let's be like a closing remark. Ah, God, that sounds so serious. Look at me, look at me. Being <laughs> closing remark, like, such you're an so, adult. like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Yes. Closing let's remark. Do these things. This is podcasting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like if there's something, if there's something you still would like to mention for that, um, even for the, for a professional, maybe for once I should I should address like a professional, someone who is on your level. Oh, for a human being, yeah. a, a human, human being. No, I mean, I of course a human being. Like I want you to come from that perspective because to to most people they're like, oh, this is photographer, this is mm-hmm. visual journalist, but then. You know, sister to sister or sister to brother in in the same space as yourself. Like, if you had to say something true, you know, what would yeah. that be? I, I, of late, I've really been, like, in this space of, like, talking about knowing your purpose. Mm. Like, why, why are you here? Why are you creating? Why are you telling stories? Why are you here? You need to understand why you're here, why you're creating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just flow with it, have a purpose, and um, yeah, I don't know how to break it down, but just just know why you are creating, and let that you know always stick with you, be by your side when you're creating. Um, why am I taking a picture of this person? You know, it's not like I'm trying to be deep or anything, but mm-hmm. like. Knowing why you are called to do what you're doing is very important in the end, you know. Does it help you not to get lost or obviously like yeah. why are you why are you creating? Why are you why am I a journalist? Mm-hmm. Why am I a musician? Have you found yours though? <laughs> I'm still on the journey. Okay. But I I'm very clear now. I but have clarity. Much, it's like, not easy to get clarity, but I have clarity now, and mm-hmm. it's beyond working for a big organization. Or, in fact, I'd rather be independent, and I still have my clarity. I still know what I'm going for, and yeah, what are you? Why? Why are you here? What are you called for? What are you called to do? You know. So, and then you just continue on that path mm-hmm. because that is where you find greatness. Mad <laughs> Oh God, baby, stop. My life outside. Sorry, what, what can I say? You know, since that Mado came out, there's no better ending. Please give me. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. That was brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for that point. And ladies and gentlemen, on this note, we are coming to the end of this episode on Sober Podcast. I can't wait to have many questions from you guys so that, so that I can DM and email Grace sometime soon to say, let's have another session. Uh-huh. Uh, but thank you so much for the conversation. I think you, you kept you kept it real and you really said a lot of points that even I am taking down, you know, as notes and um, I'm going to it's going to even help me like improve in my career path for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, but thank, thank you. you. And Thank you for it's having me. Very, very inspiring to see 
to see a lady who is rocking the gears and you know telling the stories genuinely and is purposeful about it creating meaningful impactful work it's not just about the money it's not just about the fame or spotlight Mm -hmm. it's not just about the name it's about telling those stories and representing our indigenous backgrounds Mm -hmm. Yeah, authentically. So thank you. Thank you, Grace. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Sober. (laughs) (laughs) It's over, sober. Yeah, it's over. (laughs)